Jade Software presents Beta and Beyond, the RegTech Modernization Podcast. So welcome to Beta and Beyond uh, Jade Podcast. So I'm Christian Sachs. I'm the head of Insights. I help the product teams here to find new product opportunities and to validate them. And today um, we're going to talk about strategy. And it doesn't matter whether it's in a large organization, a challenger brand, or a team, like everyone needs to prioritize, especially when in the product and service space. So whether you kick off like a small campaign from marketing, or it's a big technology project that is launching, there are many ways to get stuck as a team when it comes to strategy. And so when that happens, you may find yourself whether you should sig, sag, zog, or whether you should stay put. And that's the question for today's episode. And I'm really excited to welcome Ben because we go way back a couple of years. We worked together and he was also the, the mentor for our UX team here. So welcome Ben to the show and I'm really looking forward to today's session. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? Sure, thanks very much, Christian. Uh, we do indeed go a long way back, don't we? Um, yeah, and uh, thanks heaps for having me on the show. Uh, I'm Ben, uh, I'm uh, an author, um, a trainer, design strategist, and a facilitator. Um, and I suppose what really fires me up is getting teams unstuck, uh, facilitating all different kinds of workshops and meetings and offsites and things like that. Definitely trying to help people in strategy, uh, whether that's product strategy, business strategy, uh, but also just to help in team harmony and uh, generally get them uh, doing more of the work that they want to do and enjoy doing. Uh, and I've also, uh, down the years, worked at a lot of different startups and companies and agencies working for other clients. Um, uh, I had the scars, but I've also got uh, a lot of wins under my belt that I've been able to learn a lot from uh, and help others with. Um, and. Uh, I am very much into drawing as part of my work. And by that, I mean business drawing, the simple sort of drawing that all of us can do uh, on the whiteboard or online. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm so passionate about it. I wrote a book, Presto Sketching, Ego. It's been mm -hmm. out a while uh, and drawing for, uh, this is like going to the gym uh, with different things to draw. Uh, to, to help you just be able to come up with that thing that you need to draw on the spot uh, whenever your team is trying to tackle any kind of issue. Yeah, so that's me. I, I do enjoy the book. So yeah, thank you for sharing all this. So maybe before we start the session, like let's just zoom out as like to make sure we're on the same page here. And it may sound really simple, but like when we're talking about strategy, what are we talking about? Yeah, good question. I think uh, well, what we're not talking about is just making a plan. I think sometimes people confuse strategy for planning. Um, having a plan is certainly part of strategy, but um, that's very much down the execution end. Um, and for me, actually more than just for me, but um, for people who are far more qualified than me at strategy, um, people like Richard Rumelt, who wrote good strategy, bad strategy. Strategy is very much around being able to see what you're working with as a system, not just you, not just your team, not even just your product, but as a system at play uh, where you know the levers to pull or push in that system um, to, uh, to win, 
really. Uh, and also it's got to do with horizons. It's got that time factor. How far out do you want to uh, have a vision? How far out do you see that system uh, and you in it playing? Uh, and the last thing really is what is your unique insight into that system, into that market uh, that you are going to use, uh, whether you know it's a unique insight on the market or what your product does for your customers. Um, that all sounds very simple to say, but trying to work that out in context uh, is often really hard and strategy is hard. But to me, um, uh, that's what strategy is. And the last thing really is um, it's about making choices. It's about saying no to some stuff and having definite reasons why we're saying yes to this and no or not yet to that. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So you've done this for a while now. So what are the places people and well, particular teams get stuck in when they go and do strategy or do strategy planning? Oh, look, teams get stuck in language. I think sometimes we sort of use all the words and let's face it, there's a lot of jargon, I think in the product and service innovation space and the, the digital space in the product strategy space. So much jargon. Uh, and we want to use these words to sound smart. And look, I, I use these words as well. But we don't often understand what we mean, you know, when we say words, whether it's agile or lean or, um, uh, yes, yeah, so sometimes I find uh, teams get stuck when they don't have a common language, a common understanding. Um, and that might mean management is using one language and everyone else is going, huh? Um, I don't understand, but I don't want to ask questions because I don't want to look dumb. Oh. So people get stuck there. Also, um, sometimes, you know, one side of the business might use the same word as the, another side of the business, but mean different things. For example, researchers and di designers might uh, use the word customer. And in their minds, they're thinking, oh, it's a particular kind of person using the product. Whereas over in accounts, they might be thinking, oh, customer is the company name mm. on the account that is paying for whatever the product is. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, sometimes people get stuck there. And uh, another area I find teams get stuck is uh, just knowing what idea to back. Mm. Often I find teams saying, oh, Ben, you know, our problem isn't not enough ideas. We've got too many ideas and we don't know which one to go ahead with. And so I think um, people get stuck on uh, making that choice because as soon as they make a choice to go with A, it mm. means perhaps leaving B and C behind. And so they try to avoid the hard choice and try to munge it all into one kind of Franken idea and then move ahead with that and then wonder why it won't work. Uh, yeah, yeah. What about you? Like, I mean, you've worked with a lot of these sort of teams. Where, where do you find people get stuck? I think from what I've seen is like, it starts quite fundamentally is like, when you when you at the point is where you think you need to do strategy, whatever the trigger may be, and you go like, well, how do I do strategy? And how, how do you do it right? 
and how do you know I'm doing it right? Like, am I using particular frameworks? And, you know, we, we live fortunately in a place and a time now where there's a lot of information out there and, it's, and you know, which one do you pick? And um, are you doing it right? And the other part we just mentioned, like there's about horizons. And it's like, usually, you know, depending what it is, if it's a short campaign for an email mail out or research project, might be quite short, but like um, if we go through, you know, planning a product and we're looking into the five year horizon, um, then it becomes interesting because like, as you said, there's a unique, you may have a unique insight or hopefully you do. And based on that, you are predicting where you think the market and your customers will be at that point and how you have to position yourself. And I guess just to, to pick this analogy now that the European football um, cup is on is like it's somewhere there it's like someone when you when you pass the ball you don't pass it to where the player is now but where the player is supposed to be in the future and that's the tricky part because we would see teams trying to do that with the best of the knowledge but you you don't know like you don't you don't know actually whether the ball will be where the player will be or the, the player will be where the ball will be so that's right you, you start out with a strategy it's like all right we're going to go this way that direction and and we want to achieve that. But then how or when do you revisit your strategy? Like, how do you make sure it's like we're actually still on the same track? Like, is it a yearly yeah. thing? Is it like if certain market events happen and you go like, actually, like, we just learned this. Do we need to revisit our strategy again? Like, we just, we just pitched it to our leadership, maybe even to the board. And they go like, but we said we're going to do this. And now we learned something new. Do we have to change it all again? Or and if we do, how do we how do we sell that to the people who go like, yeah, this is a great strategy, let's do this. So that is like it's kind of this, you, there's an operational side to strategy, um, and it has to be somewhat fluid. That's so true. Uh, I'm just drawing here. Uh, it's basically a straight line up and down because um, you're right. Like there's that horizon. Uh, sort of time-bound thing. There's a horizontal line you know, for time, but um, there's a, an altitude that I think sometimes people get stuck on. It's very easy to talk about the weeds, get stuck in the weeds, as, mm -hmm. as they say, um, uh, and particularly around planning. Because yeah, I, I, was, I was smiling as you were talking about the planning part because there are so many times where I've been uh, in teams and companies where they spend about oh more than a month in quarterly planning and, and so the month is kind of a third sorry the quarter is a third done before they finish the plan for that quarter hmm. it's insane there's got to be a better way and it's it's typically because um and I suppose maybe we'll, we'll get into this um it's typically because they haven't cracked that code at the top of the altitude, like that insight, that North Star, that mm. North Star metric. They haven't got shared understanding and alignment on that first, because if you get that right, it makes the planning so much easier. Whereas people mm. start at the planning and then wonder why it takes so long. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the one thing that's also interesting because um, if you if you really zoom out what a company does, like at the end of the day, is like it's usually increasing margin or revenue or both, and it's like, you know, that is a, can be a strategic goal, but it's like how do you then you know break that down further to something that team can be, get behind it, but also customers get behind it? Like it's something you know, it's, it turns into very different things. So how do you how do you make it tangible? 
Um, how do you make it something that is actually also rallying the team and bringing the team on site as well and going like, yeah, this is this is where we're going. This is, um, I guess that's what in the, the strategy part of it turns into a vision as well that you that you pull out. Yeah, yeah, good question. I mean, for me, um, there's certainly a bit of a chemistry. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, reduce this to some simple formula. Of course, it's not simple. Um, and I'm just going to draw something else here. Um, uh, and I'll do my best to sort of talk as I draw, uh, which is multitasking, uh, which I'm sometimes not good at, but we'll see how we go. Um, there's, there's definitely um, a space where any team needs to get across what the, I think, goals are for the business. Um, so here's the business over here. Um, so what are the goals of the business? Now, as you said, Christine, you're right. Like often, uh, well, not always, it's about uh, revenue, trying to maximize profit margin, trying to create a sustainable business. So um, uh, th th there's some goals around that, but usually uh, businesses will have some kind of problem in the way. Uh, it might mean that one part of their business is just too expensive, like it's taking too long or um, soaking up too many um, resources and stuff like that. So there could be problems with programs or uh, resources, or maybe um, there's a specific problem with a product or service. For example, uh, you might be looking at the uh, funnel of people coming into a product mm -hmm. uh, and seeing, sure, a lot of people are trying it out, but uh, there's a lot of people then dropping off and not uh, buying the product. So if mm -hmm. I think of those pirate metrics, the yep. help me out here, Christine, is it uh, awareness, yeah, activation, <laughs> revenue? I'll go with yes for now. I know which one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a point, right? Like in, in that chain where we go from activating someone um, uh, where they then, oh, um, I think it's, uh, uh, might be like awareness. I know I should know this um, activation, but acquisition. When do we acquire mm. the customer, right? And there's often a big cliff in those numbers. Yeah. Um, and it could uh, point to a specific problem in, in a product. Mm. Um, uh, where it's just not fit for purpose, it's not meeting needs. So th there's a little bit of diagnostic to do there on the business side and on the product side. But then, and I'm drawing on the other side here, we've got our good old customer. There's a person with a C on them, so you know that they're a customer. Um, and here we go. They've got a, a nice little thumbs up. And uh, so there's customer. Now, of course, as we know, uh, customers have goals. Don't they? They can be practical, they can be emotional, uh, they can be community driven, whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're, you know, uh, uh, if you're familiar with the jobs to be done kind of framework, there's a job that they need to get done. What product or service are they going to hire mm. uh, to get that job done? And that's, that's where the sort of goals language comes in. But of course, as we know, um, customers are going to have problems of some sort. There are things that are in the way of them getting that goal achieved. Uh, and uh, where I'm going with this is there's this lovely chemistry uh, in the middle where there's an opportunity and I'm just drawing opportunity with a nice little flashy thing around here where an opportunity to me is that 
combination where as a business or as a product, we can, um, like we've got something that will achieve the goal Mm -hmm. and solve a problem for a customer and make us money. Hmm. Uh, And it may well therefore um, achieve our business goal or our product goal. Um, The thing in the way of that is probably the, the problem with the product or something like that. So what I'm doing here is I'm just drawing in a nice kind of formula really Mm -hmm. Um, and so then we have a nice opportunity to go for Uh, now out of that opportunity then there has to be some kind of solution that we uh, decide to get behind so I find um, often um, teams will do all the right things like Christian you said before like how do I know I'm doing it right and things like that and here's a sad fact right like you can do design thinking, you can do a design sprint, or you can, you can be user centered, you can do all the right things, Mm. and still come out with a dud product. Mm. It's really sad, but it can happen. No one wants that. And to me, part of the catch is starting with the right elements in the first place. And that is, what's the proper business goal? What's the business problem? Um, What's the customer goal and problem? Hmm. Therefore, what opportunity are we going to go after that solves, that achieves these goals together um, and solves at least some problem? Um, And usually people aren't spending enough time in that opportunity space and Hmm. cracking that, getting that right. That's where we find the radical insight into the market that we can have. Um, If we get that right, of course, then there's um, the uh, conversation, and we'll probably talk about this more, around what's the opportunity cost? Mm. What size of the bet are we making here? You know, are we, are we betting our lunch or are we betting our life? Like, what's the size here? Um, if we get that right, then uh, we're in a much better place to then get into the solution and execution. So that's an interesting point you mentioned there. So teams don't spend enough time in the opportunity space. Like with your experience, what have you seen why that happens to teams? Oh, um, number one, we all want to gallop to the solution space first. Uh, I do, I can't help it. We all can't help it. Um, And why is that? I think a number of reasons. One, um, we already have a solution in mind that if we do the mental checkbox, it kind of checks all the boxes. And so mm. let's go ahead with that. Um, the other thing is often, uh, you know, we've got something breathing down our neck and we've got, you know, an existing roadmap that must be, you know, achieved or uh, there's a specific launch date or uh, we've only got two hours in this one workshop or it's usually some kind of, I find artificial constraint of time. Mm -hmm. And you can, and if I may, like you can do root cause analysis, even on that to go, well, why are we setting these artificial time constraints? Mm -hmm. And often I find teams have a false sense of urgency. They think, they just want to have the um, illusion of progress, mm. you know, um, 
it's like uh, the CEO is coming, look busy. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like we need the illusion of progress. We, we need to sort of ship. And I think the, the lie that so many teams have bought into, this might be contentious, I'm not sure. The <laughs> lie that a lot of people are bought into is if we just iterate, we'll get there. Right. You know, if, because uh, like we, a lot of us have signed up to this sort of uh, lean management uh thinking of build measure learn you know just build just get something out there just ship and learn and learn you know and ship and learn um and the problem with that is we forget that we started somewhere we like we built something or even when we were learning um we we started with a hypothesis we had to start somewhere um and uh when you keep uh, doing that, that, that has diminishing returns. You're just optimizing whatever that thing is that you started with. Um, mm -hmm. We have to realize there's not only this, you know, um, kind of iterative development loop, but there's got to be a discovery loop mm -hmm. as well. Um, and the two need to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. We've got to be able to go problem hunting mm -hmm. or problem solving. We've got to be able to um, form hypotheses in a, in a proper way to, uh, to, to be able to do that chemistry of what's the opportunity to go for. So yeah, while I'm drawing in the air <laughs> like this, that opportunity is kind of the thing in the middle. Um, that's where we need to go. For. Yeah, so I guess the interesting question now is like, um, let's say you do spend more time in the opportunity space and you, you manage to wrestle the, the context environment to do so. What are the signals a team should be looking for to go like, we have spent enough time in the opportunity space and we have enough confidence to go like, right, we know the space, we know our unique insight for the strategy, we can actually create the strategy and, and move forward. Good one, yeah, 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 good one. Uh, I think the, the number one thing for me, I suppose, is uh, validation, really. Mm -hmm. uh, First of all, coming up with some kind of succinct hypothesis or, uh, and by the way, like people talk about problem statements and that's great. A problem statement is a hypothesis. Like we mm. think this, this is the problem that people are having. So go validate that problem. Um, how I find uh, concept testing is great. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be an overly complicated or high fidelity concept of whatever it is, but put something in front of uh, people who represent your target market, your target customers, and ask them, first of all, does this make sense to mm -hmm. you? And then, uh, and, and then you can ask them questions around, is this a genuine problem for you? Uh, ask the sort of questions to check, is it resonant mm -hmm. and relevant? Mm -hmm. uh, resonant um, doesn't mean something to them. Uh, and, and relevant doesn't make sense. Uh, is, it, is, is there something there that is fit for purpose? Mm. Um, and so validating a, a, an opportunity statement or a problem statement, uh, mm. first and foremost. Um, and then that way that should give you some um, clarification on, um, I suppose the, the, the amount of risk. Because yeah. I mean, you mentioned before uh, too, like I like that um, analogy you were using around uh, you know, passing a ball mm -hmm. uh, from team player to team player. And often you need to sort of pass a ball forward of where that person is right now. Um, 
every time we do that in sport, we're making a bet. And it's the same in products and service and, and business. Um, so the key thing there is, um, or two key things. One, know your roles and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Know your other players and, and where they are on the metaphorical field. Yeah. Um, how do we do that? Like work out roles and responsibilities. Um, and, and often I find a great little play, a great activity to do with people there. Um, it's uh, win for you. What I need from you is. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets a piece of paper uh, and others get to write on there. So say I had a piece of paper and I wrote Christian at the top. Mm-hmm. You can um, pass that around uh, the rest of your team and they all get to write what I need from you is this and this and this. And then you get that piece of paper back and you go, wow, okay, like you guys have a lot of expectations of me. Um, but when you do that as a team, it's incredibly clarifying um, mm. to find out like what is your position on this team? Where do you need to be and, and, and when? Um, uh, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is just trust. Like a mm. big part of the risk and confidence game is trust, mm. trust in yourself, back yourself, back your intuition, trust the others that you're working with, especially if you've done some kind of um, roles and responsibilities and expectations play together like that. Um, so speaking of zigging and zagging, I think it was Zig Ziglar, um, funny name, but he was the one I think who recently said, move at the speed of trust. He was big in sales move at the speed of trust. I, I, I really like that. Um, and the main thing is, um, if you feel jammed at a strategic level, do something, just do something. Um, do something small where um, it's uh, not much risk, but you will learn something. Um, there's a, um, that great sort of sense and response loop. Um, a great book, by the way. Uh, so do something so that you get something back to sense and then respond to um i guess that's at all that's an interesting point because like what you mentioned before like that that ties into the whole uh doing research like strategy often i guess is like if you think maybe a, a while back it's just like people go off somewhere off site and creating a strategy mm-hmm. and then it's getting rolled out regardless but what are you saying is that there is a research um, and insights component into this as well where you actually is like in order to make smaller bets and not bet your whole life or the farm, it's like you need to learn something to, to validate the strategy that you're setting out. Exactly. Um, and that's where there's some great conversations to be had between the, um, I suppose, whoever's doing the research and whoever's doing the business, as it were, you know? Um, and sure, like it's great to have that research briefing and researchers can ask great questions like, what are you curious about? Mm. What are you worried about? Where's the greatest amount of risk in this for you? Um, and another great question I find is, okay, so we're gonna go away. We're gonna ask these questions. We're gonna listen to customers. What are you gonna do with that information? And then stop. <laughs> and. Uh, those very next words from the business will be very instructional. Uh, what are you going to do with this information? Because that's where, um, uh, like you talked before, Christian, around you know what 
what part of the process should we use? Am I using the right process? In some ways, like just put all the process to one side and think, what are you really trying to get done here? You know, um, what, what part is most risky? Um, if, if there's something risky about the product, put that into words. Uh, if there's something that, uh, if there's a decision that as a business you need to make um, for a product or uh, a service or the business, whatever it is, what is that decision? Because research is a fantastic instrument for decision-making. Um, and uh, yeah, so sometimes I find process can get in the way and just having a, you know, a proper conversation with questions uh, can really help. So when we think of teams and um, what, what kind of things do they need or toolkits or to kind of do strategy? There's like, how do you, how would you equip them um, when you work with them to do strategy and do strategy right? So first of all, yeah, there are a lot of frameworks, a lot of things around there you can use. All, all of them to me boil down um, to kind of four spaces to be in context, aspiration, solution, and execution, C-A-S-E, or case. So if you just remember case, C-A-S-E, um, uh, so as a tool, I think that that's the very first one. Context, what's going on? <laughs> Where are we at right now? Let's do some analysis on that. Um, and often a lot of that just looks like uh, a lot of homework for different roles in the team. Things like competitive analysis, um, proper uh, uh, customer feedback. What, what are the sort of big burning questions and issues that customers have? Uh, what's the competition doing? What are our own strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats at a team level, product level, whatever suits? Mm. Um, and you should be able to have some good meaty insights drop out of that. So another quick little uh, heuristic to think about is what, now what, sorry, <laughs> what, so what, now what? Yeah. So the what, do all the homework. The so what, what does all this mean? Who's our biggest competitor? What's our main strength that we should be doubling down on? Weaknesses, what's the main thing holding us back? Mm. Uh, and then now what is, well, out of all of this, what is the thing that we take forward? And that's all in the sort of context space. So that's where are we at now? And then there's the aspiration space. Where do we want to be? Often people talk about vision statements, mission statements. That's, that's the aspiration space. Where do we want to be? What's our North Star? Um, what is our purpose? Uh, what is the impact that we want to make? as a business or with this product or with this service or as a team? Mm. What's the impact we wanna make? What does success look like? So we haven't gotten into solution yet. We're just sort of saying, this is the world that we wanna see. This is the impact we wanna have. How do we know? Well, it would look like this. Mm. So success and then how to measure it. Uh, what would we measure to know that we have reached that? So sure, you can say, well, we have X amount of revenue or X amount of customers, but it's probably something else as well. Mm. It's probably something to do with all these customers simply can't get their 
impactful work done without our product. Mm. Uh, and here's where you might sort of, yeah, you need to bring your radical insight on the market in. Um, for example, one from Atlassian, like, and I'm not giving anything away here. Uh, it's quite old now, but their insight on the market was back with the rise and rise of Agile, it was development teams who were seen as uh, suddenly picking up on, you know, these fantastic better ways of working. They got so much done faster because they took on an agile mindset and an agile skill set, like an agile way of working. Um, and of course, software responded to that. And that's why uh, Jira, uh, the Atlassian product has done so well because it was there at the right time. Um, because uh, the founders, Mike and Scott, realized that agile teams needed um, better software to be able to keep up uh, with this way of working. Uh, and the insight on the market wasn't even that, it was the fact that the rest of the business would look to these development teams for the better ways of working. So they'd look at these teams and go, wow, you guys are working really, really well. Like you're really productive. What's your secret? What tools do you use? Um, and that's how, as we all know, like agile practices spread throughout the rest of the organization and the tools that they used spread throughout the rest of the organization. Um, and so if you happen to make software, make killer software for development teams and then make it relevant and resonant for other teams. <laughs> so that was their radical insight and it's really, really paid off. And so when you get into the aspiration space, you've got to be using your insight. Um, then you can get into the solution space, which is all about saying, all right, what's the system to deliver on that aspiration? Mm. What are the pieces we need? What are the people we need and the skills? What are the ways of working? What are the products and services and platforms? Um, and often, uh, as we know, like products and services and businesses, they're not starting from scratch. So often it's a conversation of what needs to change? Mm. What do we need to change? Um, and there's a, another great technique called from to why. Make a list of where you're at now. So we've got these problems. Mm. We've got these metrics we follow. We've got, you know, this sort of percentage of a conversion and so on. And once you've worked up an aspiration, do a two column. We want to move from this world to this world, the world where, you know, that conversion rate is much bigger, where this happens and this happens and this happens. And then there's the why. Why should we do that? And you might think, Ben, that's really weird to ask. Like, well, we're all in the room. We know why. Mm. But you've like another big thing where strategy gets stuck is, uh, you know, that thing where um, I know it's a bit of a going joke. Uh, businesses get consultants in. They do this like lofty piece of strategy. And there's that proverbial report that sits on the proverbial, you know, uh, shelf gathering proverbial dust. Yeah. And then everyone else just keeps carrying on what they're doing. Um, often strategy gets stuck because there's this missing middle. There's no story. There's nothing connecting the aspiration to what people are already doing. So the solution at a strategic level is telling people that story. Like, 
what needs to change and why? Then you can get to the execution space. Okay, here's how. Mm. Here's how we're going to do it. These are our strategic priorities. Mm. Um, uh, here's the sort of skills and people we need. Here are the systems we need. Here's when we need it by. Mm. Um, so uh, when we think about strategy and roadmaps, roadmaps are at the execution end. Yeah. And there's all that other work to do. Um, so there's a few few little tools in there, I suppose. Yeah. Wonderful. So thinking like about all the, the strategy space, <clears throat> what are the kind of myths that people have about strategy? Oh, myths. Yeah. Well, for a start, um, strategy is not just a plan. So there's that. Um, also, uh, they think strategy is something that is spray in a bay, you know, like um, it comes from management, gets sprayed out, and then you just got to do it, you know, uh, particularly these days, it just doesn't work that way. It's got to be a conversation. Mm. It's got to be a conversation between leadership uh, and others who are, you know, have some kind of skin in the game within the, the company. Um, and as we've talked about before, it's a conversation between discovery and delivery. Mm. Um, rather than just delivery or just discovery and nothing to connect them. Mm -hmm. um, and I suppose that the, the, the other myth, uh, and this is a big one too, that it's all about setting a vision and just hoping. <laughs> uh, an old boss of mine, he, he loved saying, hope is not a strategy, you know, um, People get hung up on trying to create a great vision statement. And there's a, I mean, there's a whole other conversation we can have around where vision statements actually came from and all that. Um, and mission statements. Mm -hmm. Once upon a time, the only people who had mission statements were the military and churches. Um, it's just that that was seen as an instrument to get people fired up to go and do something. You know? mm. um, and this is the lovely art of rhetoric. Like rhetoric is uh, the things you say that don't really need a response back, like black lives matter, you know? Um, and when uh, some people who would you know, try to fight against that, they would say, you know, well, Ben, all lives matter. What they're doing there is rhetoric. Um, and it doesn't get us very far, does it? Um, so strategy is not just setting a vision and it's not just about rhetoric. It's not just about trying to rally people and be charismatic. Um, it's also about logic. So yeah, you need a bit of rhetoric, but you need logic. You need to say, here's how the pieces fit together. <laughs> you know, if we pull this lever, this will happen. Mm. We should totally pull that lever, you know, or we should stop pulling that lever. Um, so there's got to be, uh, yeah, so I think a, a big myth is that it's, it's, it's all about um, trying to rally people with rhetoric and hope. Yeah. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. You can see I get really fired up about this sort of stuff. Very good. Hey, thank you so much for um, being on the show today. Now, if people want to find you online, um, want to reach out. Uh, I've also heard you, you're starting something new. Where would they find you? And would you want to tell a little bit about it? 
Yeah, oh, Christian, great question. Great question. Thank you for asking. Look, you can find me at bencrothers.com. Uh, I'm sure the link will be in some notes somewhere, but bencrothers.com. Uh, there's a number of things there. But uh, my business is Bright Pilots, which is brightpilots.com. And I've just started a purpose-driven online training platform. Uh, and if you want to know more about how to do strategy as a team, I have a training class for that. Um, so if you go to brightpilots.com, there's a number of training classes there. Uh, at the moment, they're all around how to run better meetings. There'll be more training classes coming up by me and other instructors, like other pilots, as it were. And the one uh, I think that relates most to this question is better meetings for strategy and planning. Uh, all of these classes are online, but they're face-to-face um, -face in real time so that you can bring your problems, have a great discussion, ask questions. Uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Excellent. Thank you, Ben. Well, um, it was wonderful to have you on the show and um, I'm sure we'll uh, have you here again in the future. For sure. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much for having me, Christian. Cool. Thank you, Ben.